Literary Slummers to another special Slummer Reading Project episode of Hate Read. I'm one of your Stanomorphs, Anna. And I'm another one of your Stanomorphs, Em. Uh, our typical modus operandi here on Hate Read is that we challenge each other to read books that we think we'll hate, but we've taken a brief break, a brief respite from that over the summer um, <laughs> where we are exploring a book series that I had never read, which is the Animorph series by K.A. Applegate, um, and Anna hadn't read in a long time. Um, yeah, like 20 plus years. Yeah, so we are currently on the eighth book. 7.5. Yeah, 7.5, the eighth one that we've read, but it is part of the Megamorphs series, which is numbered differently from the Animorphs. So it's Megamorphs number one, the Andalite's yes. Gift. Yes. This one was a little bit of uh, a little bit different from the rest yeah. of the Animorphs books because we What'd get you think? multiple POVs. Mm. I did not care for multiple POVs. I love and the multiple POVs. I think the reason I didn't care for it was because, and I hate to criticize our goddess K.A. Applegate, <laughs> but <laughs> I think she went a little bit overboard on the recapping events each chapter. Yes, that's true. I was true. like, I already fucking read this. Give yes. me something new to work with. Like, it took, like, 30% of the book for things to happen. I think there was, was like, a lot of recap, uh, both yes. in terms of recapping uh, the events that we had already seen in this book and also recapping prior events. But... Yes. I liked, and I think part of this goes to just the general, I like the length of this book. I think that it mm -hmm. was nice to have more time to flush some stuff out. And I like the POV switches because I think that it led to some interesting, like, people knowing things and not knowing things yeah. and different characters. Like, that was all fun. I really like that. The yeah, thing like, I this definitely couldn't have worked from a single point of view. Yes. The uh. thing I didn't like about this book was that I felt like it really it was a filler, right? Like it didn't, yeah. it was not necessary to the overall plot of Animorphs. Like I feel like pretty much every book so far has built on each other. Mm -hmm. I felt like this one was very much like, I mean, literally you can remove it from the series and it's not. Yes. And I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong and we'll see like the repercussions of this book really, you know, affect stuff in book number 13 or something. Mm -hmm. But it it did feel like this was the episode that they were like, well, we like it. It's like in a Monster of the Week show where there's like the big bad, but then like mm -hmm. twenty, you know, of the twenty two episodes for a season, like episode eighteen is like, oh, and then we had to deal with this totally other monster that didn't have anything yeah. to do with the the big bad, but you know, like we needed to fill out the episodes. Like that was kind of, I didn't I didn't feel like this connected to the series as a whole. It was a good book yeah. by its own, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it added anything to my, except for it did kind of explain some thought speech stuff. Um, yeah. Which was nice, but otherwise it didn't. A little didn't... bit more interaction with Mr. Three. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is kind of like, and we had talked about in the last episode, kind of a little bit of a uh, turning point for the morphs in general, where they've kind of been beaten down mm -hmm. and depressed and they felt like they've been losing every single battle that they've been in. But then at this one, there's a little bit of a restoration of hope. Now, yeah. whether or not that is deserved, mm -hmm. I guess we can talk about when we get there. Because to me, I'm like, uh, well, you, yeah, you killed one thing. Good job. There's still yerks. But you, like, you killed one thing that hadn't been a problem up until this book. 
Yeah, and I thought the Candrona thing was much more important right. and successful than this was, but that's not the way that the Animorphs saw it. So I'm kind of hoping that after this book and we get into the next book, which is an Axe POV, it'll be a little bit not like upbeat, but mm-hmm. energized, I guess. Yeah. But you know we'll see. No, you know what this this book was? What? It was the beach episode. Yes. It was Yes. If this were an anime, <laughs> this would be the summer beach episode. Yes. And somehow they all got stuck like having to make food instead of going to the beach and enjoying the beach. Mm-hmm. They had to like do some menial task, but there was still a lot of flirting and romance. And then they get back to the main thing and they feel more like you said, more energized. So I guess we can get started on this book. Yeah, so let's we do can it. shit on the parts we didn't like and speculate on other things. Mm-hmm. Um so like I said, this is multiple POVs and for, I didn't realize it at first. And so the book opens and it's like from Jake's POV and I was like, fuck, we just got done with him. <laughs> but no, he was only there for a couple pages. It was fine. Really? The the cover with the, the four Animorphs and then Tobias as a hawk didn't like tip you off that it was going to be multiple POVs. You know, I thought maybe it was going to be like a Power Ranger situation and they all joined forces and became <laughs> one big monster. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so Rachel is supposed to be going to a gymnastics camp, like a sleepaway camp, Mm. uh, but is afraid to leave her very good friends behind to fight without her. And the other morphs eventually convince her to go. But before Rachel leaves, she decides to morph one last time and she becomes a bald eagle and she's on her way to go see Axe in the forest when she's mobbed by a bunch of smaller birds who make her crash into a tree where she hits her head, is knocked unconscious, and loses her memory. Now, I want to to point out that she goes to morph one last time to go visit Tobias, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. I couldn't I, remember. I think she does, yeah. because She was going to go say goodbye to she's her She's going to go say, because, which I want to point out specifically because it is very cute, but also because she says she has to, uh, yeah, it's, I wanted to check in with Tobias before I left. It's no big thing. It's just that I kind of take care of stuff Tobias needs. Oh, that's right. That's very sweet. But then the next sentence is, I bring him books sometimes. What Wait, is he doing? What's he doing with those? <laughs> this is the new hot gun. Like, what, how does he read those? I can. Bear, I'm like imagining him very carefully trying to like pierce one page yes. of the book with his talon and or like, just like clawing the whole book, like bitty biting it, like uh, hooking his little hook beak on the corner oh my God. and turning. My, but then also my, because of the way Hawk's eyes are, like he would have to like turn his head turn his head like, back and forth during this book or like put it very far away yes <laughs> and then just fly to it every time you need to turn the page i think my head canon is that he can't read the books and he doesn't enjoy trying to but he really wants rachel to continue to see him so he pretends to so he's like please please rachel bring me more horse pals book two yeah I would love to read your Sweet Valley High books. Axe, Axe comes and reads them to him. <laughs> Axe is like a Sweet Valley High stan. <laughs> Axe is like, I just love Elizabeth. <laughs> she's she's my new prince. <laughs> so meanwhile, Marco is sad because he was not invited to Darlene's pool party, whoever Darlene is. Uh, you know, like Darlene. Cassie and Jake were. Yeah, Darlene. Rich girl Darlene. Because previous in a pre at a previous pool party he dropped a baby ruth in the pool and pretended it was poo poo mm. this is marco. this is the thing that i realized about marco in this book because i was like you know we used to be big anti-marco people and then we mm-hmm. completely changed our mind in his pov 
His first few POVs in this, I was like, oh, I'm back to hating Marco a little bit because he's <laughs> incredibly annoying right now. And he got a lot better towards the end. I think the thing yeah. about Marco is that I hate when he is trying to be funny yeah. unless it is the result of a bad situation he's in. If it's yes. like I'm being funny to cope with this, love it. It's great. It comes off great every time. When it is this bullshit, Marco, trying to pull Ugh. pranks and goofs, I'm like, you suck. You're, no, stop. Yeah. Because this is, yeah. he's it's like. like gross frat boy Marco yeah. versus like dark comedy Marco. And he's so butthurt about not being invited to this girl's party. And I know he he's 13. about it for days. Yes. I know he's 13 and you're not expected to be that mature, but I'm just like. She doesn't want to be around you, Marco. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. You weren't invited. Like She doesn't like you, and that's okay. But he, like, twisted around in his head to be like, she must love me, and that's why she didn't invite me. And that, like, gave me a very creepy insight into uh-huh. some guys' minds. Yeah. So Marco comes up with a plan to infiltrate the party, and he ropes poor Axe and Tobias into this. He, Tobias the whole time was like, this is a very bad plan. You are very dumb. Don't do this, Axe. Don't let him drag you into this. And Axe is like, I want to help. <laughs> I think Tobias actually isn't part of the plan. He just kind of shows up when Marco and Axe are doing this, because later... Well, he to- goes to get the first mouse. Oh, you're right, that part. Yeah. I'm thinking about later when, once they go to the party, Tobias is like... Well, I flew behind and was checking up on them because I knew that they were idiots and weren't aware of, like, hawks and stuff and were going to get eaten. So I, like, kind of yeah. ran ran interference for them, but they didn't know about that. Tobias is a very good guy. Tobias is just <laughs> the best. He's such a sweetheart. Our eye in the sky. I love him. Um, so Axe and Marco turn into mice that Tobias happily provided them. He probably ate it afterwards, too. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Like, can't let can't let food go to waste. Mm-hmm. Hungry, very hungry, yeah. Tobias. <laughs> Want some nom noms? Nom nom They enter the party as mice are seen, and they cause everyone to panic. And Axe and Marco scamper to the basement where they can both become human again. Well, Axe morphs into a human. Now, it's unclear at this point. Does Axe morph directly from mouse to human, or does he go andalite to human? No, he goes andalite to human. Okay. Because, like, as they tear, as as in this next scene, as we find out the house gets destroyed, they're both humans. I was like, that's a really fast morph, yeah. Axe. So maybe Cassie better watch out, because someone's going to come for her gold medal. Coming for your neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as they're as they're morphing, a huge tornado-like dust cloud descends from the sky and destroys all of Darlene's house. And Marco's <laughs> probably like, that's what you get. <laughs> For not enjoying the comedic stylings of Marco. And, I mean, to be fair, none of this would have happened to Darlene's house if she had invited Marco, because he wouldn't have had to morph in her basement. Yeah, she really deserved what was coming to her. Yep, yep. Now, You're asking for it, Darlene. They do make a point to mention that insurance is going to cover the repairs. So it's okay. 100%. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Still like all of your possessions and everything have been destroyed. Although this also, I kind of have trouble feeling bad for Darlene and her house being destroyed because like they mention at the pool party that there's 40 to 50 people at this party. Oh my god, so many teenagers How in place. How big is this fucking pool? Because, like, I had That's a pool... That's not enough room for anyone to move. No, I had a pool um, at my house in my teenage years, and I mm-hmm. occasionally had people over, and I think the cap for it not being ridiculous was, like, 10. 
Like you yeah. can't. I was gonna say it starts to get uncomfortable when there's like the six of us there. Yeah. Five of us, six of us. So sh- this this girl has like a YMCA sized pool at her house. I think is the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, she's probably she, like honestly, she's probably fine. Her parents are clearly loaded. Yeah. She's fine. That's true. That's true. She can just go buy an all new wardrobe from the limited. Yeah. She'll probably love that. <laughs> This cloud descends and it starts to move closer to Axe and Marco, but at the last minute, like, changes its mind and turns and zooms off towards the forest. Mm. And so the Animorphs minus Rachel all meet up and they discover that Rachel never made it to the gymnastics camp in the aftermath of this tornado being that destroyed half of their town. Um, And they grow very worried and decide to look for her. Well, because they see her running through the woods on some footage from... News footage. Yeah. Yes, they see this blonde girl in a in a leotard running around barefoot in the background of this car accident. And they're like, oh, Rachel. Who else could it be? Rachel's crashing cars now. She's bloodthirsty. What can you do? <laughs> we knew this day would come. <laughs> we have to rein her in. We have to take her down, bring her in. Uh, Jake and Marco morph into wolves, and they tell Cassie to go look at the mall. They're like, you go to the mall, girl, because you know Cat or you know Rachel better than we would. So. Yeah, and they also Cassie earlier had this conversation with Jake where she was like, "I'm having nightmares about like having to make a choice and yes. like getting someone killed, essentially." Um, so Cassie surmises from Jake sending her to the mall that like perhaps he sent her to the mall because he's worried that she's cracking up, which like everyone's cracking up, Cassie. So like, yeah, like <laughs> you're not special. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we already had a whole book that was Tobias's POV where he was trying to commit hawk suicide. So, <laughs> right, like, <laughs> which I guess he probably didn't tell everyone else about that. So maybe Cassie, you know, and uh, that is a thing with these guys, right? They don't really tell other people about their crises Internal of faith. Uh, yeah, Marco didn't tell anyone but Jake about his mom being Visser One. So, like, very true. They're all they need to. They need to. If, they got their secret. If they're not bothering with spying on people or um practicing they should at least dedicate some time to group therapy right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as jake and marco morphing into wolves to go hunting in the forest the dust cloud comes back and chases them through the woods destroying everything in its path and again as it's about to catch them it flies away in another direction very abruptly Hmm. and so that's their mission cassie's mission at the mall she finds chapman and she turns into a fly to spy on him because she's picked up on some of Jake's fetishes. <laughs> and it happens. It happens yeah, when you're in a relationship. You know, in a relationship, it's bound to happen. Um, she discovers she, she's riding around on Chapman, who is having like this very open conversation with a subordinate about uh, what this dust cloud is. And it's called Velik, which mm. I guess is maybe a Yerk or Andalite word for pet. It's Yerk, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. again. Okay. Do they have a spoken language? Or Apparently language? they do. <laughs> um, and it was made to hunt for the Animorphs because it's attracted to the energy of their morphs. So normally it just like eats all energy, mm. I think. But they they somehow turned it into a being that is only attracted to morphing energy. But instead of eating the morphs, it just captures them and takes them back to the ship where Visser 3 feeds them a different kind of energy. Yeah. Which this was, um, and this happens twice in this book, but this is and it's happened once before the moments where I'm like least into 
the sci-fi-ness of this book, I guess, because, Mm -hmm. like, obviously this is very soft sci-fi in general. Like, it's not... The shit... we're We're not pretending that this could actually... There's no description of any science. Yes, yes. Like, there's no science, but we're saying aliens. We're saying aliens, so it's sci-fi, not fantasy, I guess. And I can get on board with that. I'm fine with that when it's, like, the stuff with the Andalites and the stuff with the Yerks. Because I'm like, yeah, sure, maybe, like, a thousand galaxies away, there are these creatures, and they're way more advanced than us, and they got here, whatever. I can buy into that. My suspension of disbelief kind of starts to crack when they do this shit that's, like, stuff that is in our own universe yes it was on saturn it's from saturn i'm like it's not though guys like this (laughs) it's not and this happens again and it happened before with the whales where they're like oh whales are telepathic i guess whales in space they aren't the whales are not telepathic we know this (laughs) they just aren't like you can't we're just not tuned into the right frequency man i guess it's like a more sophisticated hand waving Mm -hmm. you know like where she tries to explain it, but in a way that's very unsatisfying. Right. And I'm just like, why did you have to make it from Saturn? Make it from, yeah, like... Yeah, it could have been from literally anywhere. Something further away. And I guess, technically, we don't super know that there isn't a giant beast living on Saturn that... I, but we do. Like, that doesn't exist. It's not yeah. there. We know that. Come on. Or, like, how about this? Visor 3, um, it, t- it took them a while. They ordered this on uh, Space Amazon, mm-hmm. this this uh, Animorph Hunter, and it just took a while because it got lost on the way to yeah. deliver. So that that's why it just took so long to get there to kill the Or literally animals. they found it on any other pl- planet that isn't <laughs> in our solar system. <laughs> or they, like, bred it or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. It's goofy. Any of this other stuff, because it's so far removed, I'm like, yeah, I guess, could be that Probably. way. I don't know. Probably Maybe. it is there. <laughs> but because you're like, oh, we found this creature on Saturn. I'm like, and the moon men from Mars are going to come soon. I'm like, it's it's goofy. <laughs> it's very 1950s sci-fi. Like, not a fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Rachel has been wandering around the woods and stumbles upon an abandoned shed. And this part did we mention she has amnesia? Yes. So she has amnesia. Um, doesn't know her name, but so when she woke up, she was like half eagle, half girl, (laughs) and she somehow like managed to get herself back into all girl. So she knows she has something weird going on with her, but that's all she knows. Um, but she also kind of doesn't know if it's weird or not because she's like maybe people just do this. Yeah, she's like, I know I'm human, but. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm also something else. And maybe everyone else is too. Uh, she meets a woman in the shed. And this woman's kind of like she's not entirely present. Um, as Rachel discovers. She kind of thinks she is. Mm, like she thinks she's like a retail worker. Yeah, she's I definitely think. one of those employees from the Gap. Right? Where the entrance yeah, it is has to, to the. Yeah. So she that was. She was yerked up. And then yes. somehow got out of it. Yeah, so she's an ex-controller, which I... Oh, my God, Rachel, why did you have to lose your memories at this very important juncture? Yes. Like, I have so many questions for this woman. Mm-hmm. Is this something like, did Visser 1 save her? Maybe. Know. But, so this did woman has like this abandoned shed. considering the situation she's currently in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she wasn't very kind. But, so, this woman has an abandoned shed, and she... 
um, after Rachel, like, kind of digs around, she has a bunch of piles of clothes around her and stuff that she's collecting. And Rachel digs around and they're looking for some shoes and things to cover up with. And this woman kind of decides that Rachel must be a yerk who's come back to take her mm. um, and wants to control her again. And this woman starts to freak out and is saying, like, no, I won't be taken again, blah, 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 blah. So she opens up a trap door into the basement of this shed where there is, I think, it's like a little pool, a Kendrona pool. Like it seemed like there were yerks in the basement of the shed somehow. And I'm too lazy to go back and look at the exact wording. Um, I don't think that there were yerks in the basement. I think that oh, she was just that. having flashbacks because this is when her memory starts coming back. It's like flash and she sees stuff. So I think, That's... I think she's having flashbacks to the Kendrona pool the first time. So it's yes, not happening. I very much currently. misread that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there aren't yerks in the basement. There are no yerks in the basement. Uh, that was a part of mine and Rachel's imagination, our shared hallucination. But she's starting to get, she's starting to recover her memories at this point, but in like yeah, bits she's starting pieces. to recover her memories, and the woman locks Rachel up in this shed and then fucking sets it on fire. Mm-hmm. She like went hard. She was definitely not going to be controlled again, which I don't blame her. I would have probably done this too. Hardcore. Agree. You have to be ruthless in this mm-hmm. world. It's but then, yerk like, or be yerked. Yeah, so now I have, like, so many questions about her. Like, are there more of her? Like, more people? Is there a whole, like, sub-community of people who are ex-controllers and live out in these woods? Well, and this also gets to the point that the Animorphs are not good at their jobs. Because Tobias is aware of this woman. Like, Tobias is like, oh, there's a crazy lady that lives out in the woods. Yes. So, like, I don't know. Look into that, man. (laughs) Yeah, like... Find out what her deal is. You got nothing else to do while these kids are at school. Yeah, you're just talking around. And Axe, too. Yeah. Axe, you also live in these woods. What are you two doing? They're just reading books. They're reading their (laughs) Sweet Valley High books all day long. (laughs) They gotta see what happens next. (laughs) Uh, Rachel, like, just decides that she needs to have as much power as she possibly can in that moment. And she subconsciously morphs into a grizzly bear to get herself out of the shed. And then the Valik appears. And Rachel is fighting the Vleek. And she loses two paws. So, like, last book it was one paw. And in this one she loses two of them. Which, okay, I wanted I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I uh, kind of forgot. <laughs> so, she loses the paws. because, And we all know, we, it's well established at this point, when you morph into an animal, if you get injured as that animal, once you morph back into human, that injury no longer exists. Because it all yes. matters to DNA and whatever. Yeah. So she has amnesia because she hit her head getting an injury. Oh, good question. Good Why question. didn't that yes. get fixed? Like, it wasn't, it was an injury-based thing. Why didn't that get fixed when she turned back into a human? A very good question. With Maybe no because answer. it wasn't a physical injury, it was all no, in her mind. Your, your brain is a physical thing. Yeah, it's, it's but not like, It's not like she her, was repressing something. She got whacked. She ran into a tree and got a concussion, got whacked in the head. Her brain got boo-boo. Her brain got a boo-boo. And I guess you could, like, make the argument that, like, oh, the brain is the only thing that stays the same in the morph, but we know it doesn't because you get the animal brain when you morph. And, like, mm-hmm. also, if that was true, you wouldn't be able to be an ant because your brain wouldn't fit in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I get so then, like, I guess it's just like the soul of Rachel that goes from animal to animal, huh? But the, your soul doesn't have amnesia. That's not how that works. That, it yeah, yeah. Force trauma. 
So yeah, we found another loophole. K.A. Applegate. K.A. You're letting us down with this Megamorph book. You really phoned it in, didn't you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which, so Rachel loses these two paws, which then, like, she goes on to describe a little bit later how she has to, like, walk on two legs because she only has two paws left, which is, like, both very sad and very funny to me. Yes! Okay. Especially because, like, the way the paws getting destroyed kind of is, so, like, she, like, tries to punch the thing, right? And then it, like, uh-huh. I, I'm picturing it kind of like a pencil sharpener sort of situation. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and it, like, eats away at her, her hand. Her paw. Uh-huh. So then, like, just the picture of that wandering through the woods. Like, very funny. Gruesome, very but sad. very funny. funny. <laughs> um, X shows up and joins the fight. He's just, I guess, wandering around. No, he's going to meet up with uh, the other boys, because Cassie's still at the mall. No, and... isn't, it, isn't it that he saw the thing fly off or whatever, and to go to Rachel from the guys, and so he's, like, following it? Uh, I think, well, he's, like, supposed to meet up with them because they're, like, oh, both, like, Axe didn't meet up with us, so mm. he might also be missing now, too, with Rachel or something. But, yeah, but yeah it, so I think he probably, he saw the cloud and diverted his his attention, but was supposed to be meeting up with the gang. Uh, but he comes up, he shows up, and he joins in the fight, and he begins to morph, but unluckily for him, the Velika's attracted to morphing, and he captures Axe and takes him back to Visser 3. But Axe realizes at this point, because he sees it wrapping Rachel up, so he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's not trying to kill us, it's trying to capture us, so I don't have to be too free. Like, he's, like, a little less, like, he's like, well, I'm going to pull it off, right? Like, he's he's okay with the result, I think. He's like, well, I'm not going to die yet, so that's good. (laughs) If it's my time, it's my time. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so Rachel is kind of freaking the fuck out because, you know, memory's not all there yet and she has nowhere to go or anyone to trust. So she, um, goes back to a neighborhood and breaks into an empty house and thinks that she can rest there for a little while. But then the police show up because some neighbors saw her breaking into a house and she thinks the best course of action is to just turn into an elephant to escape. All right. And she just barrels through the house. What are you doing, Rachel? <laughs> I mean, she has amnesia, but also, <laughs> but just... also, like, she has to remember what police officers are, right? And she's like a thirteen-year-old girl who's lost and confused. Like, she could have pulled that off, and they would have, like, yeah, at least the thing is, like, her shoes and a blanket. If she was Rachel, Rachel, like, if she was fully in her, like. If she's fully cognizant, I actually think it would make more sense that she elephants out because the thought process would be like, oh, it's the police. Who are probably Yerks. Who might be Yerks. But Mm -hmm. she, as Amnesia Rachel, does not have that information that the police have been infiltrated by the Yerks. So she doesn't really have any reason to be afraid of these people. Yeah. And she's just like, fuck it, I'll just be an elephant. Why didn't she turn into a cat? Or a bug. Or bug. This would be a not time. Jake. She's not Jake. That's his thing, not hers. <laughs> this would be a time, and that would be okay. <laughs> yeah, she could have become that housefly. Yeah. Whatever. Um, across town, Cassie, Marco, and Jake notice the Valique taking off again. I just, I, 
this but it's so hard to imagine in my mind like is this this giant dust cloud just like zipping around town like left and right left and right all day long and no one cares except for these five kids um they're just like wow this is the longest lasting tornado in the history of tornadoes so i think that it only looks like a tornado when it's like metastasizing right that's not the right word but whatever Um, (laughs) it's becoming cancer (laughs) it's becoming cancer um when it is appearing like materializing materializing well i mean it's always like the way i'm picturing this and this is a book that it's been a very long time since i read but when i was a teen my mom was trying to get me into michael Crichton, um (laughs) and i read prey which is about Mm -hmm. like a nanobot swarm and okay. because they're little tiny nanobots, you can't see them when they're until they are on the attack, right? Because it's like, oh, you. they're just spread out in the atmosphere. So, like, at most, I think probably it looks like kind of like a haziness. Like, okay, I hope so. Because I think they can see it because they follow, like, they're like, oh, I see it going. But I think mm-hmm. if you didn't know what to look for, you probably wouldn't notice it. Okay. Because they're all, because... like, very spread. It's very spread out. Because we find this out later that it is essentially a bunch of tiny little, or not even microorganisms, but like flea-sized organisms. So if you picture that spread out, but then if it comes together, you can see it. Yes, I, I'm glad that that explains it a little bit better because I don't think it was just a tornado zipping like, over. How are the Yerks going to write no, this off? No. Like, I don't understand. But they do, they do reference because the, the people that Chapman are talking to are like, I think, uh, a reporter. Oh, what's the spin we're going to put on this? Yeah. Um, so they're like, oh, we can't keep explaining this tornado showing up. But I don't think that people see the tornado running around. I think it's only when it is attacking that you can like okay. really see it that makes more sense unless you know what to look for across town then cassie mark and marco and jake notice this thing and they realize it must be after rachel or axe because they're the only ones that are missing so they borrow cassie's dad's pickup truck and drive off after it which <laughs> okay even if you are 13 and have never driven a car before, I still don't think you would be this bad at it. Um, I don't know. First off, I, I'm willing to give it a pass because I found this scene very funny when Jake is yelling at Marco, like, what, do you just have, do you just hate trash cans because he keeps yeah. running into trash cans? You hit a trash can and then dunk, 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 dunk. Four more trash cans. <laughs> so, like, I was, I was kind of willing to give it a pass. I think also... I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember back to my early driving days. Yeah, I can I can see someone being this bad. I'll just leave okay. it at that. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it was M. <laughs> uh, they attempt to play a game of keep away by morphing at different times to get the Vleek's attention and then like driving away. Uh, but they aren't very successful. And then eventually, after this little merry chase, they crash the truck into Elephant Rachel. And somehow this <laughs> restores her memory. Because <laughs> you know. They don't hit her in the head. Her head is too high off the ground. Well, I don't understand. They might have if she was like. I just leaned, charge, leaned my is... head forward and thunked it into the microphone. And I realized this is a visual medium. Or this is not a visual medium. So that didn't help anybody at all. But uh, yeah, if her head was like. charging charging the ground yeah maybe (laughs) but i mean it's it's very cartoonish in general the whole oh the way to fix amnesia 
is to yeah. conk him in the head again. Like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> then, okay, yeah, so the Vlake tries to capture Rachel. But she is too big because she is an elephant and it cannot lift her. So it captures Gorilla Marco instead and whisks him up to Visser 3. Yeah. And there's also a little bit of, like, Cassie could have saved Marco by morphing and oh, distracting yeah. the Valique, but she doesn't, so Marco gets captured. I just, like, cut out all of Cassie's subplot because I just went over. Well, it builds to her dramatic, <laughs> dramatic, dramatic plan. plan at the end, so. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Axe is on the ship watching all of this go down with Visser 3 taunting him and mm-hmm. shit. And luckily, Axe has been very itchy lately because he has fleas. So he starts itching and scratching in his little cage that Visser 3 put him in. And he gets a flea and he's like, oh, I should morph into this because it is very small. Now, to be fair, this was set up very early in the book as a as a uh, Chekhov's gun, yes. such a Chekhov's yes. flea. So it wasn't yeah. out of nowhere. Yes, but it was it was foreshadowed <laughs> and was not like expecting that to be the thing that saved the gang. But there we are. Here we are. And he's also like, I know Prince Jake once turned into a flea. It can't be done. <laughs> yes, he does say that. He's always thinking of his Jakey poo. Just wants to know what Jake's up to. He was like, I wonder why Prince Jake is so into this bug thing. I'm going to try well, it he, out. He even, the flea thing happened before Axe was on the team. So, like, he's Yeah, so Jake other... is out here bragging no, about being a flea. No, I'm thinking he's asking the other Animorphs for stories about Prince Jake. <gasps> oh, Please, so tell me a tale of Prince Jake's uh, greatness, Tobias. And Tobias is like, fuck, man, let's just read Sweet Valley instead. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> And Marco, like, sarcastically tells him the story about how Jake became a mighty flea, impotent flea, (laughs) (laughs) he couldn't do shit, and Axe is just, like, reverently taking it in. It's like, Jake is so wise, Prince Jake is so, so smart. (laughs) Uh, So, they discover, they look in the cage, and Axe isn't there, and... So some idiot comes and opens it. So like it's like a cage that was like completely hermetically sealed. Mm. Like nothing could go in and out. So some York idiot comes and opens the cage and Visser 3 immediately kills him and closes the cage. But it's too late because Axe has jumped out and attached himself to Visser 3. Which to uh, be fair though. That was a good plan. It was a good plan. And also I was going to say Visser 3 kills the controller. For all we know. I don't know if this ever gets really discussed. Like, oh, yeah, do the Yerks live on? Do you have to kill them twice if you're trying to punish somebody? Do you have to, like, kill their body and then <sighs> smush them? Or, like, kill them and then, like, put the head in a place where there are no control yeah. rays? Ooh. Messed up. Also, would and the Yerks... how Yerk- much, like, how able are the Yerks to uh, leave brains? Yeah, I think like, we've... Can they we've just peace out whenever? Discussed this before. It's not super clear how they how mobile they are outside yeah, of they basically like melt into the human brain yeah right or any brain i guess they like melt into it i don't know and i mean their their base form is little sluggies and slugs can yeah. move around very slowly very yeah. slowly but i don't i don't know if we've really got into the and i mean like it definitely seems like they are mobile while underwater but that would be a good place for them i don't i don't know if if they are, able, how how able they are to move around. I think they just have to, they have to have a host to do anything. I think so, seems like. 
So maybe they do die then. Maybe that's just it for them. Unless someone comes and saves them. Yeah. Within three days. Just, like, syringes them out of there. Well, I feel like... Well, okay. I feel like if I was that Yerk's buddy, I'd be like, oh, Vister 3 just totally killed his body. I'll wait till Vister 3's out of the room, cut that dude, the body's head off, and go put it in the Candrona pool. And then he'll yeah. just slither out. It'll be fine. Can they, like, tell Yerk's apart? <laughs> I mean, they have. Do they have defining they have physical year names? Yeah, yeah. But could he just be like, "Ah, oh, no, nah, man. We're, that's like, I'm just gonna pretend to be you, and we'll never be in the same room together." Or just like, I'm. I'm sure. I don't think Visser Three is the type of leader to like know the names and personalities of all of his subordinates. I feel like once Visser Three yeah, is out of the sure. room. Everyone's just going to be like, okay, go get Kyle's get head off, controller. go put it in the pool. <laughs> That's probably true. He has to work the cafeteria for a while until Vister 3 calms down. Like, <laughs> Probably true. Uh, so Gorilla Marco shows up on the ship and acts thought speeches to him to open up the hatch. He's got a plan. So Axe then does a partial morph while on Visser 3's back. So the Vleek goes and attacks Visser 3, which I thought was a very good plan. Yeah. And now I want Leader Axe instead of Leader Jake. Prince Axe. Everybody so far has come up with good plans, except for Jake. Yes, so except for one person. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> these things doesn't belong here. Uh, Marco, okay. Yeah, so he does the partial morph, and Vleek goes and attacks Visser 3, and then Marco opens the hatch, and he and Axe just jump out of the spaceship, because it's still in Earth's atmosphere, luckily. Uh, but they jump out of the spaceship, demorph, and then morph into birds and fly away home. Again, like, being very cavalier with the morphing, like, all Visser 3 had to do was look out the window, yeah. because he had solved the Vleek problem by then. Yeah. He poured water on it. There's, because there's a lot of, like, fun stuff with when Visser 3 captures... Um, Axe, Axe is, like, talking smack to him and whatever. And also Axe has all this, like, he's my brother's killer. I have to kill him. And then he feels yes. really guilty about not doing that. But then when he captures Marco, they're all, like, we know that we can't talk to Vista 3 because he might cotton on to the fact that we're humans, not Andalites. So he just, like, stands there and, like, doesn't say anything and doesn't respond <laughs> to Vista 3. And it seems like Vista 3 is kind of catching on that because he's, yes. like, what? Why aren't why you, you responding? The other one is responding to me, no problem. So, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Vista 3 might be catching on to the fact that something's up. Yes. But yeah, he could have just looked out the window and then he would know. He could have just been like, <laughs> look, a human, now a bird. I wonder what that could have been all about. <laughs> And then, like, someone else in the background could have been like, oh, yeah, uh, in the last book, we also saw that there were four human teenagers, and one of them is named Jake. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're not good at this. They're not. Uh, The next day, Cassie comes up with a great plan. Kind of. I mean, I'm saying that a little sarcastically. (laughs) Well. It's very convoluted. They all swim out to sea as dolphins. And then Cassie goes and finds a whale and gets its DNA. And then she turns into a cockroach. And meanwhile, the others are all, like, doing partial morphs in the water to distract the Valique, which has again showed up. And doesn't like the water. So, like, they realize the Valique, 
because of Vista Three spraying them with water um, to like control that the Valique. They're like, oh, we can morph while we're in the water and it's fine. So like Cassie had to morph into a human and then into a cockroach underwater so that she didn't get got. So that's fun. Uh, Cassie then has Tobias carry her up a mile high into the air where she demorphs and then morphs into a whale on the way down. And this is pretty significant because it's the first time any of them have done this many morphs in a row. And Cassie like almost can't pull it off because she's very exhausted, but she is the best morpher. So she does Mm -hmm. pull it off. This also was another moment of them trying to act like Jake is a good leader because it's like Rachel's perspective and she's watching this happen. And she's like, oh, do you think we should keep trying to distract the Valique? And Jake's like, no, Cassie's got this. And Rachel's like, that's Jake. He's such a leader, always making the tough choices. I'm like, it's not yeah, a tough choice. Yeah, she said he would be a president or a general yeah, someday. I'm like, no, he wouldn't, except maybe because the bar is very low, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that's not a tough choice. That's the plan that you guys already decided on. What are you talking about? <laughs> If you interfered at that point, it would have ruined everything. Right. Stop. Stop. You guys all need to stop acting like Jake's anything. We see through this. It's He's garbage. He's a garbage leader. Um, the Valique tries to catch the whale on the way down, but again, it is a big, heavy, heavy humpback whale, and the Valique cannot carry it. So it is dragged into the water with the whale and then just disperses. And, and I guess dies? Cassie's yeah, I guess so. I don't know if all those little things die or if they're just incapable of getting back together. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I then know. later, as they wash ashore and dry off with the sun, they reform. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be know. Megamorphs too. <laughs> but then Cassie sings some stupid whale song about hope at the end. Yeah, ugh. God. <laughs> Which, like, they all, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, they all, like... Cassie especially feels like complete and utter like elation and relief that this has problem has been solved. Like this was a huge turning point in the history of the Animorphs, but like it wasn't. Right. It's like if you look at this from again from like a continuity of the series perspective, like at the beginning of this book, everything is exactly the same as the end of this book. Yes. Because at the beginning of this book, we had no idea that this Valique thing existed. It was literally uh-huh. just a problem for this book. It, you know, and every other one, it's like, it feels like they're making some sort of progress or that the Yerks are making some sort of progress. Like it, as much as it is a long running series where you're supposed to be able to read each book independently, like there is still an overall thrust of the book or of the series. But this one was just so yeah. like outside of it all. And I just wanted to be like, Cassie, this isn't the first bad guy you've killed. Right. You killed a police officer controller in the very first book. Yeah. And Okay, though. <laughs> like you guys destroyed the whole Kandrona thing like literally 5 minutes ago. So Yeah. I don't know. You rescued Axe. That was like a big thing. Yeah. This is like not time to rest on your laurels, right. Cassie. I don't know. <laughs> Just it seemed it seemed very very pointless in the overall series. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of substance to this one. It was an entertaining read, if not a little repetitive. Yeah. You know what I was thinking, though, when I was reading this? What I would really like to see with this book? What's that? So you talked about, like, how there is a TV adaptation of this 
series and we've talked about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was a movie? I don't know if we talked about that super much on the podcast or like a new TV adaptation, but uh-huh. with this book or specifically this book, and maybe this has been done because I'm not a huge gamer, um, but I would really like to see a game from Rachel's perspective, specifically after she has amnesia. A ge- like a, what kind of game? Like a adventure game or a, like, like a... I'm thinking kind of, um, what's that one horror game that I played that one time? Until Dawn. Yeah, like kind of like Until Dawn, but like with the idea of like, she doesn't know anything about the Animorphs, but she is an Animorph, and you have to like figure it out and figure out your like morphing powers, because like just the idea of the Animorphs in general, I think would make a very good like RPG because of like all of the fun acquiring animals and like and because there are no limits, like, you could, you know, acquire as many animals yeah, as you like can find. Yeah, it would be like a tactics game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that the the plot of you, the viewpoint character, you playing as Rachel, the viewpoint character, not knowing who these people are or, like, who you are. And, like, I'm sure that, like, conceit of someone with amnesia has been done. Um but I, I yeah hold on let's let's uh let's go ahead and like get a patent on this idea to make a <laughs> non-affiliated game um but yeah I think that'd be really cool to have like a game where you are an animorph trying to who does not know they are an animorph and like all of the yeah. mystery and stuff like the the figuring out the years and whatever because like think how cool this book would be if it was just Rachel's perspective and also we hadn't read any other animorphs books yeah if this was the first book in the series mm-hmm. A new series. Yeah. It'd be fun. I, I, I love that. Yeah. It was written by Kelly Armstrong. K-A. It's Kelly Armstrong all along. What? I don't know. I just like a book about shifters. I feel like it should be written by Kelly Armstrong. <laughs> no one else is allowed to write. No one else writes urban fantasy. It's only Kelly Armstrong. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was this book. Yeah. I don't know. Do you... Uh, have a most valuable morph for this book? Or? I don't know. I guess Rachel put up with the most shit. I think Cassie probably is technically... Well, no. I, I feel like all of them, but Jake really did pull their weight this week. Yeah. Well, and even Jake had that, like, tiger moment where he leaped out of the tree to save... Uh, no one cares. Someone. Uh, I don't remember. Wasn't was it wasn't important. Was it Elizabeth? Uh, Rachel and he was doing the, he He was doing the same amount as everybody else at that point. Because they were all yeah. they were all doing the morph to distract the thing situation. I think you could make the case for Axe, because he came up with a lot of strategy while on board the ship. Axe went through the most. I think he, you could make the case for yeah. Cassie, because she came up with the plan at the end. Um, I think you can make the case for Rachel because she had to put up with the most shit because she was at the biggest disadvantage. Um, Tobias is a solid player, but I don't think he really had any standout moments this time. He slept through most of yes, this. Yes, he did. He I felt, forgot to mention. He felt very bad about it. Yes, he slept through the whole, like, nighttime joyride Yeah, Cassie's dad's pickup truck. They didn't even think to mention him. Like, Well, they said having... at the beginning that he only had, like, an hour of... Um, like light left that he could see by because he's a hawk so he can only see during like daytime um yeah and i i like that actually from a shipping perspective if i was writing a fanfic based on this book that would be like a big thing of like he feels so guilty that he wasn't out there helping to find rachel and whatever um oh yeah yeah dude that angst. very good angst <sighs> but yeah he didn't he he was solid when he was there but he didn't do anything to really stand out. I think Marco is the same way. He was solid when he was there, but he didn't do any really standout moments. 
Cass so Cassie, Cassie, Axe, and Rachel, I think, were the top three. Marco did open the hatch. He did, but that was all part of uh, Axe's, Axe's plan. plan that Axe yeah. explained to him how to do. I guess we'll say, I'll say Cassie mm. because she did the most morphs at once. That's true. Of all time forever. Yeah. So, okay, what was your, do you have any serious theories coming from this book since it's kind of detached from the rest of the series? Oh, not really. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, I don't really because it is very unconnected to everything else. Um, yeah. I mean. I'm, I guess my theory is that there will be some vague mentions of this in the next Yeah. Book. And I'll be like, hey, remember <laughs> that cool remember whale that thing? we fought? There's still the possibility that whales are gods. That seems to be oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. continuing in this book. Um, yeah, but besides that, not really too much. I'm hoping that uh, this is kind of like a serious theory in terms of like I'm worried about it. Uh-huh. I'm hoping they don't introduce more aliens from our solar system because that will annoy me. Yeah, but I feel that like that this has opened the door for that. And I, there's a whole there's gonna be a whole ecosystem on Saturn. No, nah, it's gonna be Mars or some shit. <laughs> They're gonna be like, oh, this alien from Mars showed up. On Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Um, morbid moment? You got one? I don't know. I guess like Axe's whole thing on Visser 3's ship was kind of morbid, just like being faced with his brother's killer and the year that they're actively trying to fight against and he's in the body of one of his own people and Visser 3 is like really good at playing these mind games mm -hmm. and I don't know I, I can I can see how that would be very distressing I don't really think there was a lot of morbidity though in this one yeah this one was pretty tame I think yeah. for me probably the lady in the cabin had some oh yeah I forgot some about that unfortunate implications um they talk about how she, like she talks about how she was forced to turn over her family to the Yerks, so that's pretty messed up, but... Yes. Do you think that was um, Melissa's mom? Like, Mrs. Chapman? I think almost certainly no. Dang. Because I think <laughs> first off, she mentions kids, plural, um, and Melissa's an only child, as far as I know. Um, and I also think it would have come up if Mrs. Chapman worked at the Gap. That's where Mr. Chapman got the idea from. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's, that's it, pretty much that's it this book. for this book. Um, next fortnight, we are, we got one more, guys. One more until relaunch. Um, for this batch. For this yep. batch. I know we've been getting a lot of positive feedback, and I promise you guys the Animorphs will continue. The Animorphs will return. The Animorphs will return on this podcast. Um, but next yep. fortnight, we're reading... Back to the main series, Animorphs number eight, which is yes, the, alien, the alien, which is Axe point of view all the way through. I was kind of bummed, actually, that we got the Axe point of view in this book because it, I was like, oh, it's sad that, like, his intro wasn't his own book, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't think this book would have worked without it, so necessary. Very true. But, yeah. I'd also like to point out, I'm looking at it on Goodreads, and someone has put this book on a list called YA Immigrant Experience, and I don't think this applies. I mean, I <laughs> guess Axe is <laughs> Oh, yes, the great Andalite diaspora. <laughs> um, I'm trying to or think. Do you say diaspora or diaspora? Because isn't it pronounced 
multiple ways? I, I just make that I don't know. I pronounce it diaspora, but we also pronounce it like, um, what's the other thing that I always notice when one of us says it? Um, oh, what is it? Anyway, doesn't matter. I'll remember it at one point when I'm editing something. Okay. Well, everything is saying it's pronounced diaspora. So let me, let me take that okay. again. So <laughs> the great Andalite diaspora. Oh, presumably versus assumably. You always say assumably yes. and I always say presumably and they're both fine, but I always notice that we both neither like. Do you really? That's yeah, too funny. Yeah. <laughs> I could have sworn it was pronounced both ways though, mm. but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I haven't had to know that word since college <laughs> in my Asian American lit class. <laughs> anyway, Alien, next fortnight. Come check it out. Yes, I'm very excited to read about this. Um, I hear it's a pretty good book based on the reviews I glanced at. Mm. I'm trying to stay off of the internet in relation to this because... The Animorphs fans. Yeah, because there definitely are spoilers out there. Oh, yeah. The wiki is, like, rife with spoilers. You gotta be real careful. Mm -hmm. Even, like, reading the names of some of the future books or, like, seeing the pictures, I'm like, ooh, shoot, that definitely spoiled some shit. Yes. So, gotta be careful. Um, In the meantime... If you want to tweet at us about Animorphs, uh, you can do that on Twitter by tweeting at us at HateRecast. Uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. Um, if you want to email us about Animorphs or if you have a book pick for our relaunch um, or if you just want to, like, say hey, uh, you can email us at or HateRecast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should, especially if you want to keep up to date with our big transition into our relaunch because we will be changing our name, but the RSS feed won't change. So make sure you are subscribed so you don't lose us in the internet. We also have an Instagram if you guys want to go look at that, but it's not super active. It's not doing anything right now, but (laughs) you you can subscribe to it for future reference. Um... And we also have a website, but I think we're going to get a new website when we relaunch. So don't even worry about that, guys. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star review. Uh, but if you don't use Apple Podcasts, feel free. You can still review us on whatever things except podcast reviews. And you can also tell your friends. You can you can lean close and whisper into their ear about the goodness of hate read. Um, but you know, when we relaunch, you'll have to re-whisper to them about our new name. Um, in the words of Kay Applegate, I had already checked out the gym where Rachel did gymnastics and the frozen yogurt place where she always ordered key lime pie flavor. Rachel is a monster. Rachel is a monster. Rachel, that is not good. What are you doing? What are you doing, Rachel? <laughs> Also, in the words of Kay Applegate, and while I am on Earth, I have taken Jake for my prince. <laughs> <laughs> so in love. Oh man, they just don't realize it. Just one day. Mm-hmm. 
this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, especially if you don't listen to our other podcast, 12 mm. Months of Christmas. Which most but of you I don't. did We've like seen the numbers. <laughs> yes. After after we talked about uh, the figure skating movie, I did go back and rewatch Yuri on, Yuri on Ice. Yeah. I forgot how fucking good it was. It's so good. Yuri on Ice is fantastic. If you're going to choose an anime, there's no beach episode in that. It just made me think of anime. And that was like the most recent <laughs> anime I'd watched. Do yourselves a favor. Go watch Yuri on Ice. You can cut this in if you want. <laughs> probably leave it in we'll put it at the end it's a very good anime um but yeah 